Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome. Oh, how are how are you doing? Do I need to let you out of the podcast to go to the bathroom? Podcast listener, listener, listener. Do you need to go outside to go bathroom? Because we can stop the podcast. I'm talking to you like a pet. It's funny. How are you? So, um, today we're going to talk about a thing that I think is well. Th- this show is about pets, and this is the first time that I've wanted to go into a pet issue. And, you know, here on For Quality Assurance, we do pet issues that you don't think about, that you might not be into, whether it's because the pet is something you don't know about or, or because it's not something you, you, you would really need to know about in your life. But um, what we're going to talk about today are frogs. Uh, frogs are one of my first attempts as pets as a kid. Uh, very difficult to take care of, um, feeding them live animals. But we did it for a while. It was a, it was a learning process that I don't think I learned enough from. Um, you know, it was uh, mostly about hard work. I didn't feel a ton of affection. It was it was a lot of hard work. Um, not that it was about affection. It was about learning how to take care of a, a terrarium and all that. So I wanted to – I don't really know what I was looking for. I wanted to really see how many people had frogs as pets. I wanted to see whether they were relevant, whether I could find something weird in frogs as pets. Um, I have found some really interesting stuff. Uh, the first thing that w- uh, we wanted to talk – oh, well – Sorry. The point of this is that this is the first time this is intersected with real environmental issues. Uh, Not that the other issues aren't environmental, but there's a a stronger movement going on behind frogs uh, that I wasn't expecting to come across. So let's let's, let's take a look here. The first thing is is I found a great thing on ExoticPets.com about how to get a, a, a pet frog. Now, the thing is is that where this comes into it is there's an issue of actually buying frogs from stores. Now, a lot of people say in the pet industry, this is a popular notion, is that you should uh, find pets by more organic means, that these big pet stores, and that's not what we're saying, but because I think the issue is a lot more complicated. They're saying these big pet stores, you know, there's all these complications. You shouldn't buy from a pet store. Not, that's not what we're promoting or not promoting, but that is a big issue going around right now. So I'm, I wasn't surprised to see that included in, in information about frogs, what I was surprised to hear about was a disease that I will now mispronounce, uh, chytrid fungus. So essentially, um, frogs are, are very sensitive animals. Um, you know, if you think about an amphibian, uh, the way that this is sort of being explained to me here is that, you know, uh, amphibians are this in-between stasis and it takes quite a bit to, to preserve their environment and only certain conditions uh, preserve their environment, which is why uh, frogs become uh, environmental Indicators, which is an animal you look at to see how an environment is doing. If, if, uh, if the frog is there, how many frogs there are, indicates how an area is doing. But this disease, apparently, in it's one of the first times where someone's talking about not buying from a pet store, not as ethics, or, um, but more in terms of ethics about practical ethics, which is to say you may be endangering frogs by buying them from pet stores. It's a, it's a pretty interesting thing. This led me to... Um, SaveTheFrogs.com, which we'll talk about in a second, um, but uh, uh, it's it's really interesting to see that they're saying if you can identify a frog, uh, maybe catching it, ExoticPets.com, around where you are, and figuring out if that's a pet, if it's a frog that you can catch, might be better than buying one from a store. It leads me to believe that so far, out of almost all the animals uh, I've I've looked into, is buying frogs are the most intensive of all of them, even though they are kind of put off as casual in pet stores, and uh, uh, there's you can also order frogs, which is something that maybe we'll do. Maybe if everyone's into it, 
if everyone is is like like wants to watch it, maybe we'll set up like a feed of like a tadpole or something. Maybe I'm trying to think of something that we can do like that. And if if I can order one of these frogs online, like they they have these like uh, you can order like tadpoles uh, online. Maybe we'll do something like that. Maybe we'll catch a frog. I don't know. Maybe this because you know steak is obviously steak. My ferret is here. He's very sleepy though. And so he doesn't really contribute to the show. So maybe we'll have something that we can all experience together as a pet for the show. Um, I think maybe frog is the way to do that because it seems like there's a lot more here than um, we could find out. But what they're saying is this disease spreads through frogs having contact with each other. Of course, in pet stores, you have a lot of frogs, you know, in one tank. That's not dangerous usually for a frog. Pet, any good pet store maintains the right amount of animals per tank. And even if it's temporary, you know, those people uh, – uh, one one good thing about most pet stores, um, as opposed to breeders, most pet stores in the environments they keep them in, in there, um, it's one of those things where people uh, talk about pollution, and it's like, well, you know, most of the ways to pollute less save you money, you know, like like driving your car less, getting a more efficient car, but it also saves you money. So um, it's one of those things with pet stores where it saves them money to not have the animals be sick. So it's to their ideal circumstances it's to their advantage to have healthy animals living in healthy conditions in their stores but the problem with this fungus is that you're talking about something that only affects frogs and that they're going to spread to each other in in these areas in these environments so you might be getting frogs from different breeders and they come in and all of a sudden now you have this this virus that continues because of the need to have a big corporation it's not saying that big corporations are, are bad or good but it's saying it is definitely a distinct problem, this chytrid fungus. And please write me if I'm saying it wrong. I feel so stupid. <laughs> um, and it affects, according to ExoticPets.com, it has been found in, uh, since 1998 in at least 285 species from 36 countries all around the world. Which means that by spreading these frogs from place to place, you know, shipping them internationally, we could be perpetuating this disease. It's essentially the, the theory here. Um if it escapes is one thing they they uh, they, they suggest here. Uh, let's go to a more fun thing before we get deeper into this. So, apparently, finding a wild frog and keeping it as a pet, uh, despite me starting this being like it's a very complicated issue, apparently almost everybody tries to do this. They'll catch a frog and keep it in their house. So I found a lovely WikiHow. If you don't know WikiHow, it gives you steps, usually not great steps, as to how to do something. But this one is wonderful. It's a, a wikiHow for how to keep a wild-caught toad as a pet. Six parts. Finding a toad, catching a toad, housing the toad, adding the toad to its new habitat, feeding the toad, and toad enrichment. I don't like plagiarizing, but this is wonderful, so we're going to go through it. Um, part one, finding the toad. Now, who knew? Who knew this was an issue? But... Um, if toads are rarely found in your area, says WikiHow, Wiki keep a pile of chopped wood in your backyard because those harbor many insects and draw in toads. This is the perfect place to catch a toad. Okay, here we go. Keep going. <laughs> then they have a lovely picture of a boy with a net who looks like he's about to hit you in the head. Um, if you already have lots of toads, just go outside before dark when everything is damp. Arm yourself with a bug net and a critter carrier. <laughs> Where is this place? You've got tons of toads. Who needs them in their house if there's enough toads to just go out and accidentally step on one? Okay, step three. Look for toads by turning over logs. Turn them back 
These are mini ecosystems. Oh, that's interesting. So lift the logs up and then put them back because lots of things are living down there. I remember finding salamanders under logs. I remember finding quite a few salamanders under logs as, as, a, as a boy. Okay, part two, catching the toad. When you locate the toad, act fast. They're shy creatures and dart away. There's no there's nothing here about identifying it or, or, or anything. They're just sort of put your net over it. Okay, obviously that part. Okay. Poke the toad until it hops into the netting of the pocket. This is really elaborate here as to, as to how to catch this toad. And then you just chuck it in the box. Uh, I know they're just trying to sell the animations and, and, and things on this website, but a lot of these pictures very much look like the toad is in danger. Um, and then they go through how to house the toad, how to set up the toad being there. There's Oh, man, guys. I, I, know, I know we ask you to do a lot on the show, but if you're bored, first of all, if you're bored, just Google different types of toads and frogs, and I guarantee you, sh you should never be bored again. Unless you know all, have you seen all the pictures of all the frogs, you have no excuse to be bored. But these pictures on this WikiHow, I'll put a link. The one of putting dirt in is, is it, I think at some point, the person doing the drawings for this article was at protest of doing drawings for this article. It's just like chucking dirt in a frog's face. Um, but it, it's... It's fairly interesting that they have nothing here on this uh, of identifying whether it's a, a um, you know, a, a frog that might present a danger to you or, or you may present a danger to it by taking it out of its environment. Um, I'm going to keep reading uh, so that, oh, man, this gets much better. We'll get back to that in a second. Let me – give me a second, everyone. If they have anything about identifying uh, – uh, what, what – how to know? So they don't. They don't really have a lot on, on how to find out what type of toad it is, which I would imagine is is pretty uh, is pretty important. Yeah, and, and in terms of catching an animal out of the wild, you know, uh, amphibians and reptiles all carry salmonella. Um, going back, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on the internet. Um, it says how to catch food for your toad. Go and stalk your dog's poop, and uh, wait for flies, and then get the flies uh, to feed to feed to them. Oh, man. Everyone go look at this. I'm sorry I'm much less interesting than this article. But SaveTheFrog.com talks about bioindicators, and they talk about how frogs are actually in danger. Um, it's a fairly interesting website. I think it's a little difficult to navigate, um, just, just not in terms of how you can help. I guess if you're on board with saving frogs, it's a pretty easy website to navigate. But in terms of finding information specific uh, details as to what's going on, I had a little bit of problem finding that, that sort of stuff. Um, generally, I think they mostly are an outreach program telling you to think about the environment and frogs being a sort of center point for it because frogs are, uh, you know, as we said, bioindicators but have a big part in science. You know, uh, classically we know about frog, uh, frog, uh, uh, what's that called? Dissection, where they, where they chop them up and, uh, you know, Serve them to you wholesale. That's a bad joke. But the the uh, the uh, and you know tadpoles. Tadpoles are a big part of study in, in in educational systems and things like that, teaching you the cycle of life and body evolution and things like that. But in terms of knowing why it's important, I think they are just going extinct. And there's a lot of things that we do to the environment that endanger the toads. Uh, one last thing before we go here. Uh, this is a link from uh, allaboutfrogs.com, which I actually recommend as other than this ridiculous wiki how, um, 
allaboutfrogs.com.org. God, you see, we've talked about this on the show before. You can't just make up URLs, people. Allaboutfrogs.com.org. I did it again. Allaboutfrogs.org is really a great site. It has a lot of information on having your first frogs, on what frogs not to have. Um, Poison frogs, which I don't know when this article was written, but poison frogs are now very prevalent in uh, pet stores. Um, Poison frogs, if you don't know, are those lovely little uh, poison dart frogs. They're sometimes called. They're blue and green and stuff like that. And if you don't know, they are only poisonous in the wild. Once bred in captivity, they are completely non-poisonous. But He's got recommendations for it. This is what I'm talking about. These dwarf frogs. You can buy those really cheap. If we're all into it, I'll get one and we'll set up a little feed for it for the website. Um, but he has a great thing on here that, that you know, and this is something that, that, that we do as, which is what, what we're really trying to encourage on this show, which is think about uh, 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 learning before you assume. And a big assumption that I've noticed in people is they see a small animal, a fragile animal, something like a fish, something like a frog, something like a bug. And what they assume right away is, well, obviously it's not going to live as long because it's small and fragile and little. And and the author of allaboutfrogs.org uh, has a great thing on it, and I just want to read it almost verbatim for you. How long do frogs live is the name of the article. Amazingly, this is the hardest question I've been asked about frogs. It turns out that very little is known about the natural lifespan of frogs, partially because it's hard to track all of a frog's life. I guess they haven't figured out a good way to put tiny collars around their neck. This is his joke, not mine. I'm still reading his article. Um, however, some records show that in captivity, many species of toads can live for surprisingly long times. They seem generally average between... Oh. Okay, Shh, don't tell him that there's a, a typo here. I don't want to, or, or don't tell him that I'm not really good at reading. Four, four to 15 years. The con he even ran across something where the common European toad, Bufo Bufo, SSP, Incorporated, no, just SSP, <laughs> lived to 40 years. Here's some other species that have old ages. Uh, he has a giant toad, Bufo marinus. Gotta say, in terms of Googling random animals, people, this is the winner. This is grab the brass ring. Other animals, be more fun to say. <laughs> Bufo Marinus. I want to name my next car the Bufo Marinus. Next time I design a car, it's going to be called the Bufo Marinus. But that's the giant toad, ranging between 7 and 24 years. Green and African poison dart frogs. Dentrobase erratus, uh, ranging between 7 and 17 years. Oratus. Now, Oratus... I think that means, hmm, I know that word before, because that word is often used in hamsters or radis. Well, guys, we're going to do some live research for you on the air, and in the meantime, I'm going to keep telling you names of ridiculous frogs. Bambino orientalis <laughs> is the, uh, it's just the name of it. Hold on, give me a second while we Google this, and in the meantime, you, you say into the mic what's your favorite... Uh, golden, yes, Oratus. That's what that means. So uh, I know it from hamsters, the golden hamster, Oratus. <gasps> How interesting. So that's what that Latin means. Um, the fire belly toad frog, another, that's uh, Bobina orientalis. That's very common at pet stores nowadays. And the ornate horned frog, look it up. Honestly, that's the one that comes up the most on these sites. Look up the horned frog. It's like between five and 12 years. I mean, people, we're talking, those, all of those are dogging up. That, that is a real commitment. So uh, 
It's very interesting. I think I went into doing this episode not really knowing what I would talk about and found myself in a place where I have too many things to talk about. I think if we're into this amphibian thing, we'll do another episode about it. Because a big part of it is I know probably the amphibian freaks out there are going to – not that you're freaks, but, you know, people get obsessed with their pets, and we all do. So those in the amphibian camp are going to write up and say, do more things about amphibians. But I, I really want to make this accessible to everyone. I want it to be something where, oh, that's interesting and curious. So I guess maybe save the frogs. I guess save all animals. That's very good. But uh, at the same time, Google frog pictures, and I'll put up this wiki. And you know what else you could do? Are you interested in hamsters? Want to know what I'm talking about with Rattus or Rattus? What's that? Why don't you go and go to your library and tell them to put Hamsters a History by Mike Fallick, distributed by AV Cafe, in their library. You know, it's a pretty educational movie. Ranges from uh, a little bit younger than tween to older than tween. Now, tween is the age between not being a teenager and being a teenager. Um, but if you're older or a tween at heart, um, you might you might enjoy it as well. I found everyone likes it. It's a great movie. It tells about the story of hamsters coming to America. Uh, if you want a little inside thing on it, I know we're going long on this episode, but here's a little inside tip for you on that movie. I have a problem, even though I made a great documentary about the history of hamsters and why they're a pet in America and why they indicate the current pet market. Um, I have a problem saying the word hamster I often add a P to the middle of it. Uh, people tell me it's cute. Um, I really like, as being a broadcaster, or a podcaster rather, and, and someone who talks on mediums, uh, I find it gross that I can't, I really, I really have to focus to say hamster. Otherwise, I do say hamster. And you know what? I don't care. It's, it's fun to say. Which is more fun to say, hamster or hamst, hamst, hamster? Send me in your audio. And anything else you have of you saying the word hamster over and over again to ourherocomic at gmail.com. There you can send us questions and pictures of your pets and anything else that you want to tell me about pets. Do you have an interesting story about pets? Maybe you do. Maybe you've got a pet that you just want to show me a picture of. Maybe I've got something wrong. Probably did. Please send all your emails to ourherocomic at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. You're all very good boys and girls. Okay, now let's go out. It's fine. You want to go out? Stop scratching at the podcast door. We're going to go outside now, and I'm going to let you out and run around, okay? I'm getting the leash. It's fine. Let's go. We'll go out now for a walk, okay? Bye.